businessman who read about the paper comes forward with a copy of the Rubiat with a piece of paper ripped out. Guess what that, that hole matches? His. No, not his hole, but actually. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talk About Scary, the show where we do just that, talk about scary places. was unaware you are going to be talking on a walkie-talkie for this. I am Adam. I'm Clay, and I'm not here live. We're in different rooms on different parts of the world. I'm on vacation in Italy right now. And it's only, we can only talk by walkie-talkie. Phones don't work in Italy. Everyone Italian knows that. They put too much work into pastas. You know, on our next shoot, I have uh, a different shape of pasta. All the Italians get excited. Woo! <laughs> Did you say marinara? Oh. Pesto? pesto? I love pesto. <laughs> Shut up. I love pesto. Um, yeah. Joke's on you guys. I'm actually here. Yeah, he, he's not in his, in, his, uh, in his chateau in France or his mansion in Italy. But every time I start an episode, Adam's eyes are like, what are you doing? <laughs> Something different. Better than me not doing anything. Um, so uh, today, by the way, did I say I'm Adam? This is Clay. Hi. We did it. We did that. I'm yeah. Clay. He's Clay again. Um, uh, in the grand tradition of things, we're talking about scary places. However... I have kind of skewed toward the no away from the norm, and I am talking about things that are not ghosts and goblins. This is now a fan show about Barney, the purple dinosaur. We're changing. That's right. I think that's a good way to go. Did you know Selena Gomez got her start on Barney? True story. I don't really want to talk about the people Selena Gomez dated before she started. I didn't her. say she dated Barney. Oh, I thought you. Oh, oh <laughs> no, I see. No, no, like, oh. As a little kid, she was like five or six or. Whatever. Oh, that's. Was oh, that was an inappropriate joke. Then I'll just move ahead from there. We're sorry, Selena. Selena. We love Selena Gomez. Um, I'm talking about something that's my wife Heidi's favorite subject. I'm not going into all of her fan theories. I'm just going to talk about the facts because there's a lot of them. And it's uh, it's something that's different. It's something that's different. And I find scary things in a lot of different things. Um, it's not always ghosts and goblins. So this like today. mirrors. Like mirrors. Like and looking my, at myself. myself. <laughs> yes. Um, I can be terrifying to myself. Today, I am talking about my, again, my wife Heidi's favorite subject, the Summerton Man. Hmm. Hmm. Summerton Man. So, prepare your ears for this. Summerton Man. It's called the Tamim Should case. Um, Tamim Should? Tamim Should. Um, also known as the Mystery of the Summerton Man. It's an unsolved case of an unidentified man found dead in 1948 in Summerton Park Beach, just south of Adelaide, South Australia. Oh, we're leaving the U.S. and going to the place that has giant spiders and kangaroos that like wait in lakes to like murder you love it um so uh in in persian tanam shud means 
it's over or finished. The end. Right? So this is the it's over case. It is. It's finished. Um, and we'll reference why it's called that in a few minutes here. In Persian, you said? In Persian. But why is it called something in Persian? Well, you'll, you'll get to it. I'm sure you'll get to it. I, it is definitely... I just have to question him. Like, we can't have false statements made in this show. It's true. So, uh... I will tell everybody to go ahead and if you want to look on your smartphones, if you're not driving, uh, if you're listening to this in your house, um, look up a book called The Rubiat. Um, and it's a 11th century book of poems by uh, poet Omar uh, K-H-A-Y-Y-A-M. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Yeah. The Rubiat. Um, in December 1948, 16-year-old Neil Day was riding horses with a friend along the beach. They passed a man lying on the beach. They didn't pay much attention. They thought he was taking a nap. After they came back, they realized the man had not moved and was actually dead. Dun, dun, dun. Um, this man was clean-shaven, dry. All of his clothes had been pressed and cleaned, and the tags on his, all of his clothes had been removed. He had no personal belongings, no identification on him whatsoever. There you go. The end. Tandem shit. Um, they could not match his fingerprints, and his body came... And so, and uh, I already talked about how his body was. They, um, they could not match his fingerprints. Nobody ever came to identify him. Like no, no family? Nobody or? knew he was. Nobody said he was missing. And by the way, fingerprint databases back in 1948, pretty sure they're not very say. robust. Like, yeah. Um, they didn't... Uh, I didn't know they even did that. No, they did take fingerprints, and they still had the... They, they still had the, uh, the... ten. They called them a 10 card I had to take in school. Um, well, and, you were around then, so... Yeah, I was around then. <laughs> Actually, my dad was. Jeez. Um, so, uh, 10 cards back in the day. I used to... I, took, I had to take a 48-hour fingerprint identification class in college, right? For all the forensic garbage I used to have to do. Um, and I can read fingerprints still. Hey, I can like analyze fingerprints. I'm really good at it. Um, we'll get into that in a different episode, which is totally boring. If you want to bore yourself and ruin your eyesight like I did. Talk about boring. <clears throat> Talk about boring. Um, but anyway, so no, none of the tempering cards they had uh, or from surrounding areas matched his fingerprints. It takes a long time to look at that stuff, but they couldn't find any, uh, no ident for that. Um, so post-mortem, uh, they discovered internal bleeding in his stomach, but other than that, no traces of violence, no traces of poison were ever discovered. The coroner found remains of a pasty in his stomach. Interesting tidbit of information. People don't know what a pasty is. It is um, something that was made in Cornwall, was developed in Cornwall, um, and it looks like a pastry with edges on it. And they created them for miners who mined tin because of the lead the, mm -hmm. the poisons and the um, so they would hold the corners of this thing that look like a pie on one side or like a empanada looks like an empanada mm -hmm. and um, they would hold that so they wouldn't get any poison on the, the food itself and then inside they'd fill it with meat and potatoes and other stuff like that and uh, and they would eat that but they would they would throw the crust away okay. so that is an old poor miners food people <clears throat> didn't generally eat pasties if you weren't uh, doing hard work and because of the the material in a pasty, mostly potatoes, bread, things like that, except for the steak part, easily digestible. So if you look at something, this goes back to my, my time in forensics, and I'll make it real brief so I don't like make everybody 
understand everything technical. Things that like like potatoes, for instance, we can judge how fast someone was killed after they, they ate a meal by how quickly potatoes break down in a system or whatever they're eating, peas, carrots, if they're boiled, things like that and their cellular structures, if they're more rigid, they stay longer. Things like steak will stay longer than mm -hmm. if you had even hamburger. Um, so like the pasty is still in the stomach and if they can discern that it was a pasty and not just pieces of meat at that point in time, then he died fairly like uh, soon after he ate that pasty. Yeah, I would actually wager within the last within a, a two hour period. Um, I would have to get my old books out to make sure. I am not a doctor, so don't quote me on that. Um, Continue, doctor. Thank you. Don't call me a doctor. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to say that about the pasty. I found that really interesting. Um, the coroner's notes quote: I am un I am unable to say who the man was. I am unable to say how he died or what was the cause of death, end quote. I said I was going to start doing that. I like doing that. Sounds good. Um, so, oh my gosh, I'm all over the place. I, I take extensive notes, everybody. Sorry. And then I, I mess them up. Um, so, uh, January 1949, one month later, a suitcase is found in the coat room of the Adelaide Railway Station. That's a train station, by the way, by the way guys. For us, Ameri we Americans that like using plain words. Um, <laughs> railway station. Train. Uh, train. <coughs> okay. <laughs> train. Um, it was left there the day before the body was found. Inside. There was found a cl uh, clothing with the tags removed and a specific type of wax-covered thread used to mend trousers that was not sold in Australia. But the same thread was used in the man's trousers to mend them. This and other items found in the suitcase suggest that the man may have recently come from the United States. Good old Murica. Good old murder. .com. <laughs> murder Erica. Um, <laughs> the name Keen, K-E-A-N-E, and Keen, K-E-N, were also found on some of the items. That's a band. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's Keen, New Hampshire, but I don't think it's spelled that way, so he probably could have been from there. There's the band thing. is spelled that way. That's how I thought of it. Mm -hmm. The local newspaper in Adelaide possibly the name was purposely left on items to obscure the man's identity. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a genius when it comes to this. But if you're going to murder somebody, why would you want to obscure someone's identity by putting other people's names on stuff? It seems like it'd just be easier. Yeah. To, to just not just omit the name. Yeah. Since you know you've already done so much great work on removing all of his tags. That's weird. He must have done that himself. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. And here we get into some more of craziness. So enjoy that. April 1949. Police discover a clue. Good police work. Two months later, you guys got a clue. And it was on the body. So they really didn't do such a great job of looking through the body as they should have, I guess, back then. It was a simpler time. It was. It was a time of, of the beginning of the Cold War. I mean, Hitler just committed a massive genocide just a few years earlier. So, I mean, it was a simpler time. Yes. A time of innocence. Fist clenched. Time of innocence. Um, yeah, I guess they just didn't do great police work back then. Keen. Keen. Um, but they found a secret inner pocket in his trousers. What was in that inner pocket, you, you ask? Oh, what was in the inner pocket? I'm asking. I'm glad you asked. A tightly rolled scrap of paper with the words, Tanum should, 
written on it. Tanum should. Should this should be good? You guys are gonna <clears> want to <throat> enjoy this. Ooh. Thank you. Uh, it was ripped from the book of the Rubiot. The Rubiot, which talks about life's transcendence. Transcendence. There you go. This caused the coroner to declare the man's death, quote, not natural, unquote. End quote. Because of a piece of paper. Yep. Um, a secured piece of paper in his pants. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, the scientific community was not great back then. I guess in Australia. <laughs> On July 23rd, a businessman who read about the paper comes forward with a copy of the Rubiat with a piece of paper ripped out. Guess what that, that hole matches? His. No, not his hole, but actually. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the paper in the his paper, yeah. trousers. Um, he claimed he found the book on the backseat of his car when he parked it at the beach with the windows down. Tandem should means it's finished. It was at the end of the Rubiat, which means the end. Hmm. Pretty much. I and mean, the paper like actually lined up, like it wasn't just this guy no, no, came no. in and like ripped off a sheet himself. It was it. It was the piece. It was okay. from the book. Now, this is the good stuff. I'm getting. We're getting to the good stuff finally. Okay. So, did I say he was found in the back seat of his car when he parked at the beach with the windows down? Yes. Okay. Yeah. On the back of the book, there were five lines of letters that appeared to be a secret code and what looked like a phone number as well. The Australian Navy reported that the code was uncrackable. They could not crack it. They could not crack it. Sorry. They could not crack it. They could not decipher it. They actually mentioned, the, the Australian Navy mentioned, there's not enough information here to actually decode this. It would be like, we can't do it. It could be a cipher of some sort that we don't understand or it could be first letters of uh, the code was alphanumeric, but it was all alpha, mm -hmm. the, and then the numbers were at the bottom. Um, the the letters could represent first words uh, of words in the book that mean something that you can use the uh, Rubiat to decipher, but they couldn't figure it out. There wasn't enough information. Really? So it was an uncrackable code. Interesting. Um, I like crackers and cheese. I like crackers, uncrackers, and cheese code. <laughs> um, they also, uh, so, um, the phone number, so they, they dialed the number, which looked like a phone number, so they dialed it. Um, it happened to be that of 27-year-old nurse, Jessie Jo Thompson. Mm. She lived super close, like a couple of hundred meters from where the body was found. Okay. Or a couple of hundred feet. <clears throat> I really don't care what you think. Um, I'm doing both. Um, Clay looks at his watch, he's so bored. Um, <laughs> just narrating for you guys. Um... She said that she owned a copy of the book, but gifted it to a friend named Alfred Boxel. Clay got an email. Just he's, Sorry, he has to take, take that real quick. Um, I'm kidding. We, 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 I would make fun of him for getting emails because he's a very popular uh, man. Um, so uh, Tell me about JJT. <laughs> yeah, let's get back there. I'm actually going to dance around her for a while. Um, so she was a nurse, Jesse Joe Thompson, JJT. Um she owned a copy of the book again. She gave it to her friend Alfred. A body, I would say the body had already been uh, interred at this point, which interred uh, for Bella, who's sitting next to me, means buried. Um, before it was, police, or had, uh, police had made a plaster cast uh, of the man's face. Uh, they asked Jesse Joe Thompson, JJT, to come in, uh, and she was shown the bust. Detectives reported that she looked as if she was about to faint. <gasps> oh, oh my goodness! But didn't actually. I caught the vapors. 
<laughs> and she she passes out like old timey, gone with the wind. I stuff. picture her with like a fan, like Mao Ma Mao Ma. No, no Australian accent there. No. She's definitely from. Uh, she's a Southern belle all of a sudden. But to her left side was a shrimp on the bobby. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Maybe there's a kangaroo behind her, too. Maybe. She she rode in on a kangaroo, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, that, when they were horse riding, they were actually in, kangaroo in riding. In the pouch. In the pouch. The Joe is short for Joey. That must be what it is. Which is what baby roos are called. We called them roos, too, just so you guys know. Trying to get that Australian uh, fan base. So it's a conspiracy, man. Hop, hop on the uh, fan base, Australia. We want you here. <laughs> um, so they said she looked; she was about to faint, but she denied knowing the man. She died in 2007. She was an old lady, um, and she still claimed that she didn't know him. Like on her deathbed, they're like, "Are you sure you don't know this guy?" She was like, "No." Whole life said, "I don't know. I don't know." Good lord, I do not know who that man is. <laughs> Oh, Lord. In the Maybe hospital. Alone about it. shrimp no. on the bobby next yeah, to her. She's so Southern. It's not <clears> even <throat> funny. Um, in 1959, a man said he was there on that day on the beach. He came forward and said, I was there. <laughs> Who was there? 11 years later. I just took a while. Way to go, buddy. I guess news travels slow back in the uh, in the olden days. Um, Carrier pigeon. Oh, God. Um, and he said he saw a man carrying another one on his shoulders by the water's edge. Carrying another man? Like, okay. <clears throat> um, not another book, but another man at the water's edge. Um, Kate Thompson, that's uh, JJT's daughter, Jesse mm. Joe's daughter. KT. Came out in 2013. Not came out of the closet, she just came out. Yeah. To talk. Um, this was six years after JJT passed. Thank you very much. That was good math. Just clarifying. Just That was great math. Using advanced algebraic numbering. <laughs> she stated... I'm not. I'm going. I'm moving forward now. Okay. <laughs> she stated that she believed her mother may have been a Soviet spy, and her reasons for this are <clears throat> really weak. Um, she said her mom said she knew who he was, but she would never tell her. She would never let that cat out of the bag. So she would just be like, "I knew, but you ain't ever finding out." She probably said that to intimidate her daughter to make her pay attention. You know what I mean? To be, behave. It was. A, it was a simpler time where you could threaten and beat your kids and scar them for life. It was a simpler time. How do you threaten them by saying I know a man, but I'm not telling anyone? <laughs> I'm a Russian spy, and I'm gonna have you whacked if you don't eat your if you don't eat your peas oh, and carrots. I, yeah, no, I thought you were, uh, you know, referencing yeah. that because she knew it was a threat, not yeah. not the because I'm a spy. Oh yeah, okay. Like, why would you just come out and say I know who it is? Yeah, it's weird. But you're never finding out. You're never finding out, mate. <laughs> you call your daughter mate, mate. Is that how you guys do it in Australia? Uh, let us She's know. apparently now become like a pirate, though. Like, uh, <laughs> you know what a pirate's favorite food is? Ravioli. <laughs> I was going to go, to choke, sir. That would have been good. Gaviar. That's, ah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I don't Pirates aren't that classy, though. Gaviar. Okay. Like, that, that's an expensive food. Well, they are looting. Well, I mean, you have a bunch in, um, yeah. you have a bunch in your fridge, I just figured. He has three fridges here and a bunch of caviars and one of them in champagne. I have no idea yeah. why he keeps that stuff in the house, but. I, I eat Ritz crackers and American cheese at home. And they're not even real Ritz. They're uh, the chicken on a biscuit. Those crackers. are good, though. Those are awesome. Actually. But I can only eat like 20 of them, and then I'm kind of like over them. But they're <laughs> those 20 are 20 delicious. They are a lot. Uh, I can only eat like a ream of them. And then I'm done. Well, some people eat them by the box. I can't eat. I cannot By the that. box. Um, She also said 
that she could hear her mom speaking Russian over the phone sometimes and dismissed it as she was teaching English to Russian immigrants. How weird. This 27-year-old nurse knows Russian? She lives in Australia. Hmm. Sir Cedric Staunton Hicks, a professor, stated that this guy, the Summerton man, may have been um, uh, poisoned by a rare poison that would decompose quickly and be undetectable at that time. There are some now that are I will not mention on this show that I know personally. Maybe I don't need no murder starting yeah. from here. I don't, I don't need to <laughs> talk a, about murder. It's not plots. a murder. It's not a murder starting kit, except for the obvious ones they can test for now. There are some things that um, they degrade really quickly in the bottle, like body. Like now. beep beep beep. Yeah. Well, we can do like ones that people already know that they can't get their hand on, like succinylcholine. It's something that they use. They inject in your body when you go into surgery, and it paralyzes you. Give someone enough of it, dead. They'll stop. All their involuntary stuff like breathing, you'll just, they'll just die. Cease. They'll cease to, they'll expire in the worst way possible, not being able to move. Terrifying. Um, and that, and they up to like, I think, uh, the 2000s, they didn't even really test for it. Really hard to detect. So there's, uh, there's things like that. But anyway, um, the poisons back then uh, were uh, Digitalis and uh, Strophanthanin, um, which at the time he would not say in court. He actually passed a piece of paper, a scrap of paper, to the coroner, because the coroner was such a was such a uh, fantastic coroner that you know uh, that we already talked about um, that uh, he did not know what these were, so he passed them. But he wouldn't take, say in court. He didn't want anybody else to know what these drugs were. That's how dangerous they were. Mm -hmm. He just passed them to the coroner so he could test for them. <clears throat> and of course, they're still undetectable, and they interred the guy. So I'm pretty sure they didn't have the testing necessary, um, and I'm sure they didn't have. Uh, I'm sure they didn't have a. Uh, gas chromatographer mass spectrometer and like that that they could use to, to test anything this is a very advanced episode yeah some of the people here are, are smarties talk some about are dummies. advanced some of them are dummies some are smarties i'm a dummy um so correct me uh if you'd like to on our instagram page call me a dummy uh talk about scary talk about scary i talk about scary please do we love it when you guys talk to us and tell us we're stupid or tell us that you love it we don't care we're here for you and your amusement um so theories i'd like to get into we have a few minutes left. Um, so I don't know if she was a spy, but it was at the beginning of the Cold War. So she could have been a very good spot, a spy, a spy implanted there. That's like a spy that lies. That's right. I Which mean, she is was what she was. She was a nurse, but I mean, how much? How long did nursing school go on for back then? Um, she probably could have got all the nursing school she possibly needed in Russia at the time, and then just doo -doo 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 -doo, moved down to Australia, set her up a nice life. She could have been a sleeper of some sort. Um, but uh, I think that. Spycraft seems like the most logical explanation. But then you talk about the Tandem Should thing. You know, in the book, The Rubiot. Um, not a super popular book by any means back then. Well, the spy thing seems weird to me because let's just say she was a Russian spy. I think that's the only thing that they could grasp at yeah. the time. But let's just say, like, her daughter was right and JJT was a spy. Why wouldn't she... Like, what? what's the, the secrecy behind this man? Like that she like what's the, what's the big deal? Yeah, so there's some there's there's a lot of theories out there, a lot of wacky theories. One is that he actually was the father of her um, son that she had. Um, she had a son. I didn't mention this, but that he's a father. Of that and that's how the connection was. Some people think that it was just an unhappy accident. He was already suicidal. She was a nurse. Met him at a bar. He was reading the book, and um, she wrote her phone number down on the back of it. 
So here you go. And he's like, great. He, she, she, he never called her. And he, he decided Killed to kill himself. himself. Yeah. Later on. That's a plausible explanation. Um, but if that's the case, what, did she just not want to say anything because she didn't want to get pinned with, like, murder? That could be it. Now, here's another one. <clears throat> this is a great one here. I like that they made, they made a bust that was really kind of plaster mold. That was really cool. Um, so people say that he was so perfectly clean-shaven and his body was in perfect condition. Like, he was physically felt as shit. Like, he was like, boom. And he was carrying around 11th century poetry book. Okay. So, and the, and the clothing that, even from these accounts, we said that the tags were removed. But, um, and all the information they have besides where they say the tags were removed, the reason why they say they were removed is because there was no evidence of tags. Um, his clothing was really nice. When you say tags, do you mean like what the store has? Or yeah. like the back of a shirt? Because like, uh, this doesn't have tag. Well, yeah, but they didn't have that technology back then. They just had a tag they sewed in. And it was... They couldn't put print stuff on shirts? They just didn't do it. They just didn't do it. So you just... Like... Okay. Everything that survives that you go to like thrift stores and see, that they have like standard tags. Like that's a very old thing. Okay. Fair and, enough. Um, and I, I grew up in... Uh, uh, for a portion of time in New Hampshire by the Emmiskeg Mills. And there are some old artifacts there and you'll see... Oh, and you can go down to Tombstone and there's a... There too. And there's a museum. And by the way, everybody's clothes back then were much smaller than they are now. People were not back in the 40s, but way back in the day. I'm talking like eight, the late 1800s. Um, people were smaller, but like their little clothes. If you look, the maker sewed a tag inside like we have today. That's mm -hmm. when they started it. So, I mean, so I think that was odd. So people think that perhaps the most wild theory is that he was a time traveler. A time traveler. A time traveler. Um, wild theories. There's a lot of them out there, but this is a very creepy thing that literally this episode has gone for about 25 minutes right now. And if we wanted to talk about all the theories, it could take us three hours. And there's a lot of them too. Not just so, a few. a time traveler from the future. The, or the 11th century. They don't know. Well, you have to be from the future because there was no time travel back then. So you mean he like... But you watch Ancient Aliens all the time and you believe in the Anunnaki. So you're telling me that you don't believe you could travel from the past? No, I don't believe we could. I believe there are other people. Like, there might have been like aliens or other beings that could. But if this is a human being and he's a time traveler, he would have to have come from the future. So he could have okay. gone to the past and been living in the 11th century for years. And then, then what? Went to... But what if I got my time machine right now? I just invented it right now in the future. And I went into the past four weeks ago when I gave it to you and I said, here, use this and travel wherever you want to. Then now you're a time traveler from the past. See, there. okay, so I don't want to like <laughs> waste the whole episode, but I, I, I do kind of want to make a point about time travel is, is one thing that I don't think people think about. And I don't know necessarily that this is right. This is just something that I think most people kind of ignore. And it would definitely have to be something. He's written a lot on the subject, literally. I, I really have. But this is something that I think you have to kind of think about when it comes to how time travel would work is part of me thinks that time travel would only work in areas where time travel exists. So if you build a time machine today, and let's just say it's the very first time machine, it works. I don't think you could travel to the past because time travel did not exist before this point in time. Because if you think about it, if, if you take Biff Tannen from Back to the Future and you went to the past I love that and gave movies. your great great grandfather a time machine to you know whatever, everything would be screwed up. Things would change. Nothing would be exactly the same because there would be too many variables of difference. Okay, I like that. I like that. Either way, 
<laughs> You're like, uh. Either way, uh, that's one of the theories. And the reason why I decided to do this case today, what it is scary. Talk about scary. And it's a scary place because the guy died there. And 1948 was a scary place. So I tied it all sure, in. Yeah. And the, mo the main reason why I picked this one is because it has espionage, spies, kangaroos. Oh, oh, time travel. Time travel, yeah. And but the time travel is only a theory. Yeah. Well, so I <laughs> I threw that in just to mention that Pocket Man and Cargo Boy 3 is coming out soon. And you wrote three of these. Well, you wrote six, but three wonderful movies. Pocket Man and Cargo Boy 1, Pocket Man and Cargo Boy 2, The Rise of Sir Longbottom. Um, and Pocket Man and Cargo Boy 3 is coming out this summer called The Wrath of the Viper Sniper. And when he, I talk about, Clay knows a lot about, talk about time travel. He wrote some fantastic material about time travel that actually follows. It tracks. Rules. It rules. Yeah, it really it tracks really well. I think that mm. I enjoy it, and uh, there's been a lot of reviews on the movies, and people seem to love them. And I think they're one of our uh, our greatest creations. To be quite honest. Definitely check out the series. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. <laughs> My favorite is Pocket Man. Right now is Pocket Man and Cargo Boy Two: The Rise of the Longbottom, and you can get that on. Absolutely every streaming platform. Pretty much, besides uh, like Netflix. Yep. But it's on uh, it's on all the good ones. Tubi, Amazon. Uh, There's a lot. Yeah. Plex. Plex. Vimeo. Zumo. I'm sure it's on, is it on? It's on DVD and Blu-ray December 7th, which by the time Boom. this episode comes out, will be in the past. More time travel jokes at ya. Yeah, it's going to happen a lot more. And you know, I wanted to, to plug something other than uh, Haunting at the Monte Vista. Yep. And, uh, I know you guys are bored of hearing about that, but check out other material. It's it's good too. The time travel thing, though, I don't know if I buy that. And to be perfectly honest, it kind of almost sounds like she just killed the guy and got away with it. Why else would she make that face? They, it doesn't sound well, like she they, was she was a nurse, so she might have had. Um, well, there's doctors today. Like my wife listens all the time to. Uh, I forget what those shows are called. Deadly Doctor, uh, whatever. Were they like? Uh, they kill. That's what they do. They they kill people. And they Deadly dentist. That was. Yeah. You know what? I think I was in one of those episodes. Yeah. Was Plug I in away. one of those episodes? Talk about plugging ourselves. I might have been in one. Maybe not Deadly Dentist. I. There's been a lot, so I don't remember yeah. what I've been in. But um, I should. Either way, I murder, should care. Murder, espionage, time mayhem, travel. 1940s, terrifying. Whatever, whatever the 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 truth was, I guess we'll never know. The 1940s is a time when a white guy could be a white guy. JJT took it to the grave. Boom. So I've said about it, everything as offensive as I possibly can. I think we're good at wrapping up. Guys, uh, make sure you creep it real. Please, please creep it real. In if you... homeland Russia, we creep it real all the time. Yep. Throw some shrimp on the barbie. If you're going down to Summerton Park, um, tell them that Talk About Scary sent you and get the 20% off your poisoning pasty discount. We've lost all <laughs> listeners at this point, <laughs> so I think we're going to wrap this episode all right. up. Creep, we'll see you next time. Creep it real, y'alls. <laughs> Y'all. She's a Russian spy from Russia. Russia. Y'all, keep it real now. <laughs> keep it real now, y'all.